0: Hunter Baumgart in for Grant Bills tonight here on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Super excited to be with you tonight and talk about all that's going on in Wisconsin sports. I was in with Grant this morning talking about Packers Lions, talking about Brewers Royals, talking about all sorts of stuff this morning. In for Dave the last couple of days with Grant. Now it's time for me to... Fly solo here this afternoon for a couple of hours as Grant is um, hes doing some camping, he said this morning. So hopefully he's enjoying that. Of course, the COVID cases continue to go up. 254 COVID cases today in La Crosse. 254. I know this isn't a news show, but oh my. So be safe. Don't get in crowds of people. Wear your mask. <laughs> I mean, seriously, its it's nothing like political here it's just uh, just do it i mean we we just need to be safe don't we holy cow 254 so and i think a large percentage of it maybe like 80% of them were were uh, aged like 20 or uh, like 10 to 30 so yikes 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 but please stay safe we're going to talk sports we're going to talk about packers lions we're going to talk about the brewers we're going to talk about all different. We're gonna make. I'm gonna make NFL picks coming up in the five o'clock hour. So maybe you'll maybe you'll do that with me. But what I want to do as well throughout the entire show is take your Packer predictions because I think this is fun. It's a way to get you involved. It's a way to have fun on a, a Green and Gold Friday, if you will so let's have some fun let's let's bring some energy and let's uh i'm not gonna you know we're just gonna relax and talk some sports for the next couple of hours i'm not gonna you know bring any huge crazy hot takes i mean it depends on what you classify as a hot take i guess i'm just gonna come in and have some fun so hopefully you you enjoy it uh as well as much as i will here in the next couple of hours because obviously i love if you don't know me i'm hunter Baumgard. i like i said, join. Uh, I joined Grant the last couple of mornings on the morning show here on WKTY. I do a bunch of other stuff, you know, on WISM and and KQ98, as well as Z93. Uh, And then, of course, you know, if you listen to the morning show regularly, you hear me Tuesdays and Thursdays on Hot News with Hunter B., (laughs) Uh, with uh, with Dave Carney. So he's kind enough to... um, let me be on his show a couple of times a week, which is fun. So that's at 740 Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you recognize the voice, that's where I'm from. You've probably recognized me from um, being uh, in the studio before and, and and hosting this very show. So Grant is on vacation for just a day. He'll be back on Monday to recap. So will Dave, and, and they'll recap all that is Packers-Lions. Um, but we'll get to all that in a little while. I want to start, and like I said, Packer predictions all throughout the show. So if you call, you're getting on. That's, it's, it's as easy as that. So you call 608-796-2558, and uh, we'll talk Packers football throughout the show, sprinkle it in, of course, and um, I will get your, get your call on right here on WKTY. And, of course, your text, too, on the WKTY talking text line. That's 608-796-2558, 608-796-2558. First of all, Giannis wins the MVP award. He did it. Now, he's now won back-to-back MVP awards, and, and this was mostly expected. I think a lot of people expected Giannis to win this. I think um, a, a fair amount of, uh, obviously, a lot of uh, the media thought he would win this. It was between basically you know, him, LeBron, um, and, and James Harden. Giannis received 85 of 101 first place votes, and I didn't think this was a lock as much as other people. Thinking about this, you know, over the last month or so, or last couple of months, I'm like, I don't know. It's 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 not easy to win back to back MVP awards. It just isn't. And you know, a lot of people will will go for the new fresh face. Oh well, Giannis won it last year. I'm going to vote for Harden. Oh well, Giannis won it last year. I'm going to vote for LeBron James. That's what I thought it would happen more. And especially, I didn't think 85 of 101. W- would would vote for Giannis, and he earned 962 total points from a global panel of 100 sports writers and broadcasters, and as as well as the Kia NBA Most Valuable Player Award fan vote, which I guess we all could have voted in. Why do I feel like I never figure find out about those things? Like I can vote for Giannis to be MVP. I get a vote. You can vote. I mean, of course I think it's you know they pool everybody and they take a percentage and they say okay they you know Giannis is. You're gonna get this, uh, you know, gonna get a vote from the fans, right? It's it's maybe it's just one vote. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but apparently there is a there is a fan vote. So if you contributed to Giannis getting the uh, MVP <laughs> award, then good for you. You you uh, you voted uh, correctly in my mind. I, I do think he deserved it. I'm not saying he des- didn't deserve it. I'm just saying I'm surprised. I, I'm not. I'm surprised by the margin of which he won. I mean, 85 out of 101 first place votes. That's good. That's good. He joins uh, Michael Jordan. And Hakeem Olajuwon as the only players to win the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year awards in the same season. Isn't that something? That's some pretty good company. Uh, of course, Jordan did it in 1987, 88. So younger part of his career, and Hakeem did it in '93, '94. And you know, Giannis averaged 29 and a half points this year, 13.6 rebounds, five, uh, just over five and a half assists on the season. So. He deserved it. He absolutely deserved it. He posted a 31.9 player efficiency rating. That's the highest in a season in NBA history. Highest in a season in NBA history. He led the NBA in field goal percentage allowed at the rim. So that's a defensive stat. And field goal percentage allowed as the closest defender, according to Second Spectrum Research. So think about that. That's a couple of major defensive stats. You know, in sports, when you think about the MVP award, right? You think about whether whether it's the NBA, whether it's the MLB, whether it's the NFL. It's usually the offensive award, right? In 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 the NFL, it's usually okay. Aaron Rodgers is is had the best offensive year. He's going to get the MVP, right? It's rare that you get a defensive player that gets the MVP award. But and I'm not saying Giannis is just a defensive player because obviously he is a monster on the offensive side, and it's a, that's a a big reason why he won the award. But what I'm saying is it's impressive, and there's a reason he's the only the third player to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year the same season. There's a reason he's only third because a lot of people and a lot of a lot of voters and a lot of fans, when they think MVP, they think score. They think dunk. They think three-point shot, right? Steph Curry, right? These got LeBron James, James Harden, right? You think of those kind of guys. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, those people are those players are bad at defense. I mean, well, it depends on who you're talking about, but you know, LeBron is not bad at defense, but it's rare that a player wins an MVP award and also is so prolific on the defensive side. It's rare in basketball to have that big of, um, or that uh, that that balance, if you will, on the defensive and the offensive side. It's If you can find a guy like Giannis, who can do it on both the offensive and defensive ends, man, you're going to be setting yourself up well. And so Giannis does it, and he wins the MVP, and of course, wins it back-to-back, and like I said, joins Jordan and Hakeem as the only players to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. So, so I I just thought it was interesting. I just thought it was interesting that uh, that, that he did that, and and that did, that did, the MVP is known mostly as a as an offensive award, but in this in this scenario, it's defensive. Now, now here's here's another stat for you. MJ, he's he's in a class with just MJ. You know, to take out Hakeem. MJ and Giannis are the only players to win multiple MVPs. And also win the Defensive Player of the Year. Just Giannis and MJ. Only players to win multiple MVPs and a Defensive Player of the Year. So I'm not, you know, none of the same season stat here, obviously. Because you can't win multiple MVPs in a season. But Giannis has won now two MVPs and he's won a Defensive Player of the Year award. MJ did the same. They're the only players to do that. You just realize how rare it is to have an MVP... That can get it done so, so proficiently on the defensive side. To lead the NBA in field goal percentage allowed at the rim. To lead the NBA as the field goal percentage allowed as the closest defender. That's some advanced stats, but I'm telling you, it's meaningful. I mean, a field goal percentage allowed at the rim? That's right there. They're, they're, they're as close as you get to scoring without scoring if if you're, if you're right at the rim, Right. And if you're the closest defender, that's most likely your responsibility to be on that guy. So you are getting it done on the defensive side. That's what's just so, so impressive about Giannis. Unfortunate that he had to get hurt in that heat series. Not that I think they would have won it because I think the heat are just on another level in the NBA bubble. And we talked about that a little bit this morning on the morning show with Grant. It's just, I think the heat are going to win the East and I if I had to pick one team to win the finals, I'd pick the Heat right now. I just think they are that good right now. But anyway, I digress. Giannis accepted the award in Greece today. Did you see this? He he was actually in Athens, Greece. It looked like nighttime there when he was accepting the award uh, from Adam Silver, who you heard coming into the segment, and then of course um, you know he talked to uh, Ernie Johnson of TNT as well. And uh, he's visiting his family there. And <laughs> Adam Silver said, "Hey, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna ship you the uh, the MVP award here." He's, he would got it behind him. He said, "I'm gonna ship it to you." And Giannis is like, "No, no, no! I'll just I'll just get it when I come back from Greece and at the start of next season." So it sounds like he might be in Greece for the off season, which will, which would be interesting. I didn't know he'd be right to Greece from Miami, right? I, I obviously wants to see his family, but wow. Obviously, he says brothers here. Why, doesn't he? He has a brother on the L.A. Lakers, so he could have a brother that wins an NBA title. Wouldn't that be something? The the, the other Kumpo wins before Giannis. Eey. Anyhow, um, here's the deal. Of course, this turns into and always has, and this is kind of the 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 the, the sports talk segment that you take out of. Giannis winning the MVP but of course it turns into what is the future for Giannis what is the future for in, in, in will he stay in Milwaukee that is the that is the big question and if you have an answer 608-796-2558 on the talk and text line feel free to give me a call or shoot me a text what do you think Giannis does i give him a 95% chance to stay for his next contract 95% 95 This guy wants to win in Milwaukee. You can see it in his play. You can hear it every time he talks. There are some players who just, there are some players, whether it be in any sport, football, basketball, baseball, that are going to be free agents. And they constantly deflect the question. They constantly, when they're asked about their future, when it's coming time to be a free agent, when it's coming time to maybe uh, move on from a team. Or when maybe there's rumors of a trade demand or something like that, they deflect the question. They say, "Well, agent, will take care of it. Ah, what you know? We'll we'll just we'll we'll deal with this down the road." Every nearly every time that Giannis is asked this question, he includes in his answer the word Milwaukee. Almost always, and he did it. I know. I know. Milwaukee is of course. The where he's coming from, so of course, people are going to you know expect him to you know include Milwaukee in that answer. But if you think about it, there's a lot of players that would just say, Well, you know, I, I you know, free agency's next year, I'm just focused on winning and uh going out and, and improving over the offseason, and, and we'll see what happens next year, right? There's a lot of players that do that, they don't necessarily say, You know, I, you know, I'm, I'm focused on. On, on winning and, and getting better in the off season, and I I you know there's no reason or you know I, I, I really like this city and I really enjoy being here and th- that's what I, I I love Milwaukee right the the Milwaukee part of that is usually included in that answer and it was again today when Ernie Johnson asked him this question uh, in in the interview after he won the uh, MVP award.
1: How do you view a possible long term extension? Or signing a Supermax and staying in Milwaukee.
2: Obviously, right now I'm just trying to focus on my family. Um, you know, I was in the bubble for two months. Almost uh, try to spend as much time as I can uh, with them. I'm back in Greece now. I'm able to see my mom and uh, my older brother. I'm not trying to think about as much uh, in what I'm going to do next. Uh, but one thing that I know that I'm going to do next that I'm going to give I'm going to get better. And when the time uh, comes that that we're going to talk about contract and we're going to talk about long, uh, you know, long-term future with Milwaukee, uh, that's going to be that time. I'm going to be at that moment. But right now, do that I want to get, keep getting better. I want to focus on my family. Uh, obviously, I had a great meeting with uh, the owners, talked about the team, talked about what went wrong, what can we improve. And um, as long as everybody's on the same page and as long as everybody is fighting for the same thing, not fighting every single day, which is to be a champion. Um, I don't see the, I don't see, you know, why not be in Milwaukee for the next fifteen years?
0: I don't see why not to be in Milwaukee for the next fifteen years. Oh my, oh my, that's good to hear that, isn't it? That is good to hear that. Oh my. Had to use the Grant applause there as he does in the show. Had to, that's a Grant staple. Yes, you got to applaud that, don't you? Why not stay in Milwaukee for the next 15 years? He met with the ownership and uh, had lunch with them and apparently just kind of discussed uh, the direction of the franchise. And, and, um, and obviously I'm, I'm sure that it would, something was discussed there. Not a lot of details have been released, but I'm sure something was discussed when it came to Giannis's future. But, Again, he comes back to Milwaukee in that answer. He comes back to Milwaukee in that answer. And I'm not just going to go from answers because people talk and, and things change. And, you know, the business of the NBA is the business of the NBA, right? This can change at any moment. So I'm not just basing this off of his media interviews. But I think the media interviews can tell a lot because it's, of course, he's practiced this answer many, many times now. But it's still what he says, what comes out of his mouth. It's not speculation. It's not a national show host talking about what he thinks about Giannis. It's not a guy on ESPN saying, oh, "Okay, I think you know, I think Giannis is going to stay." No, it's right from the horse's mouth. It's right from Giannis. So I think we have to take some stock of that. It's just like Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers in the next segment. In fact, but from one MVP to another, right? But we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. But it's it's like just. Listen to what the the people have to say. Let's stop speculating and just listen to them because they're available to the media. They talk to the media. They answer the questions. So let's just listen to them. Let's just hear what they have to say and then make conclusions off of that because I think a lot of people, especially in Aaron Rodgers' case, oh, he's a bad teammate. Oh, he's not going to like Jordan Love. Oh, he's not going to get along with Lafleur. Oh, he didn't get along with McCarthy. Listen to him. He said every meeting that he ended with Mike McCarthy ended in a hug. He's had multiple, not just him, other people have come out and said how great of a teammate he is. Right? Let's, let's listen to the people that talk and not simply jump to all these conclusions. I think we, we do a little too much of that, especially with the Aaron Rodgers situation. And now maybe a little, a little more here recently with the Giannis situation. So Giannis wins the MVP. Back to back seasons. It's fun to have it. It's fun to have all these MVPs, isn't it? Oh my. We're gonna talk about all of them. We're gonna talk about Christian Yelich and how he can erase this whole awful hitting that he's been on. He's like batting two oh eight right now. He's had an awful last whatever it is, forty some games that they've played so far. But he can erase all of that. And we don't even have to think about that if he just hits really well over these next three series to end the season. And he carries this team to the postseason. We will forget about all of that, but that's coming up in a little while. Coming up next, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers, another Wisconsin MVP. Such an incredible game last week. I haven't been, you know, hosting. I hosted the last two mornings with Grant, but I haven't hosted a show solo to talk about Aaron Rodgers since that happened on Sunday. And I want to talk about Sunday, but then I also want to say, I want to want to talk about what this looks like for the rest of the season for Aaron Rodgers because I think this could shape up to be a whole lot of fun. And, of course, taking your Packers predictions here on the Wisco Sports Show. Give me a call or text on the WKTY talking text line 608-796-2558. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. Hunter Baumgart in for Grant Bills right here on WKTY.
3: And there's a shot into left field. He hit it well, and there's home run number 300. And this game is underway with a bang.
4: This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air.
0: Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Hunter Baumgart in for Grant Bills this evening. One more hour of the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Also WKTYsports.com and the WKTY app. Can't forget that as well. You can always listen to the station there. I'm Hunter Baumgart. You can follow me on Twitter at HunterBOnAir. You've heard me before on the station, filled in the last couple of mornings with Grant on the morning show. And also have hosted this show in the past, and heard me on WIZM and KQ98, so familiar voice filling in here on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY, and you heard there Matt LaPay's call on Fox Sports Wisconsin of Ryan Braun's 350th homer a couple of nights ago, as they beat the Cardinals and took 3 of 5 from the Cardinals, which was good, because that's what they needed to do and they needed to win that series to, to keep pace. They're a half a game behind the Cardinals, a game behind the uh, Reds for that second spot in the NL Central. So technically they're fourth right now, but all, the, all those three teams, Reds, Cardinals, Brewers are all within a game of each other. The Cardinals actually beating the Pirates right now uh, six to five in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, but, but they're playing a doubleheader. The Cardinals and Pirates are playing a doubleheader, so this will only go seven innings. So, really, they've got two and a half innings left there, and the Pirates have first and second with one out. So, we'll see if the Cardinals uh, lose that one. If the Cardinals were to lose, the Brewers and the Cardinals will then be tied, uh, as, as it were. So, we'll see. I mean, I this is going to be fun. The Brewers are in a playoff race, and I know they played bad at a lot of times this year. They, they played awful. But that doesn't mean that this team we can just write off, right? That doesn't mean that because they played poorly in a season where there's an expanded postseason, we can just say, nah, whatever. Because this Brewers team has a shot to be in the postseason and maybe even with their pitching win a series. I don't know. If they don't have to play the Dodgers or Padres or eh, the Dodgers or Padres, I mean, most likely they play the Braves or Cubs, and I like my matchup a little bit there. I don't know. We'll see. But, or they could play the Padres. If they're, I don't think they'll play the Padres. But anyway, they could play the Dodgers if they're the eight seed. I don't know. There's so many scenarios. But I think the most likely right now will be the Cubs. And I'd take, take three-game series at Wrigley any time. They took three or four a couple of weeks ago uh, against, the, against the Chicago Cubs. Uh, and so I, they got, the Brewers got three games against the Royals, three games against the Reds, five games against the Cardinals. Right? How is this going to go? How is this going to go? Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. your thoughts on the Brewers. With 11 games left, they have to play 11 games in nine days. Okay? 11 games in nine days. Three against the Royals, three against the Reds, five against the Cardinals. It's all in front of them. All they have to do is beat the Reds and Cardinals next week. And and win a couple of games against the Royals this weekend, right? So they really control their own destiny, if you think about it. You know, one of the things you always want to do towards the end of a season is control your own destiny. And that is what the Brewers can do. They can control their own destiny. So go out and win. We're going to get... And, uh, and it. I, of course, the big thing that comes to mind when you think about that is the offense. Is... The offense, right? The offense that has been sputtering since the beginning of the season for the Milwaukee Brewers. Way too many strikeouts and way too many strikeouts from a guy like Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich hardly ever struck out. I mean, he struck out, but he hard, it, it was so much less frequently the last couple of years. This Christian Yelich is not the Christian Yelich we, we have known to, to love, right? This is not the Christian Yelich... That we know is in there. We know there's a better Christian Yelich in there. And it might be the mental aspect. It might be the mental aspect of of the world we live in right now. It might be just all the the new things that are going on this year. Or just the different protocols and whatnot. It might just be the shortened season. I don't know what it is. But Christian Yelich has not been able to be Christian Yelich. Now. I personally think. That if he somehow turns it around. In the next say, week and a half, right? The last 11 games here in the next nine days. If he does that, I don't think you're going to even think about the 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 awful month and a half he had before, right? I just don't think you're going to. I don't think you're going to think about it. You're going to think about how the how Christian Jelich in the last week and a half went on a tear and brought the Brewers to the postseason. Because I truly think it basically hinges on Christian Yellich. You've got the pitching. You've got the pitching in the starting rotation in the bullpen. I think you've got it. Once you get to that Devin Williams, Josh Hader, say for a couple of times this season, those two have been dynamite. So you've got, da- Damon, uh, you got uh, Williams and Hader. You've got Freddie Peralta who can cover six seven. Your starter goes 5'. You've got good pitching. It's this offense that needs to get going. Earlier this week, I talked with Jeff Levering, Brewers play-by-play announcer. here on the Brewers Radio Network every single time the Brewers play, whether they're home or on the road. And he talked about the Brewers' struggling offense and, and what he's seen kind of being up close and personal with the Brewers.
4: Well, consistency is, is the mm-hmm. hard part, but, I mean, they're just lacking hits. They, mm-hmm. they can't get hits in big moments, and, and they've really struggled um, stringing together hits. I get it. It's hard to hit in Major League Baseball and a lot of the, the Brewers' problems is is what's happening at the top with Christian Yelich. I mean, mm-hmm. he has just been a different guy all season long, and it's not the Christian Yelich that everybody has grown to love over the last couple of years. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really don't, but he looks he looks lost. He yeah. looks super frustrated with every single at-bat, and if you can get him going a little bit over the next week and a half, then maybe he got a shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he he's got a – figure something out here pretty quick it looked like he was going through a little spurt where he was on his way up but
0: mm-hmm.
4: it just hasn't happened for him and he's the linchpin in the entire offense yeah. he gets on base he usually drives guys in too when when they're on ahead of him but when when you take out a guy like brian braun or or yelich late or garcia late and and you saw it in last night's game in game two where you're running out a triple-A lineup sometimes, mm-hmm. or a double-A lineup, and it's tough to put those, put hits together when you're running out mm-hmm. guys that, that are maybe over their skis a little bit, so it's mm-hmm. it's really frustrating to watch, uh, I know it's frustrating to listen to, I know it's frustrating mm-hmm. as a fan to watch, um, but they they try to have a few walks, they're just not consistent in getting hits in big moments, and it's it's tough.
0: It is tough, and it's tough to watch, like, he, like Jeff Levering said, of course he's the uh, the play-by-play announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers, one of them, along with Bob Ucker and Gr- Lane Grindle. You hear him on the Brewers Radio Network, and I talked to him on my podcast this week. And and yeah, it's just it's just true. I mean, it's just it's tough to watch, and it's frustrating because you know that some of these hitters, especially like a Keston Hira, like a Christian Yelich, are so capable of being such good hitters, but they just cannot do it. They just cannot do it this year. And so, like I said, though, If, for some reason, Christian Yelich snaps out of his funk, come tonight at 7.10, when Mr. Duffy of the Royals takes them out and Christian Yelich goes up to bat, and for some reason, he starts to really go on a tear, I think things are going to get really fun for Christian Yelich and the Milwaukee Brewers. But, like I said, I think it it depends on Christian Yelich. I think it really does. Let's go to the WKTY talk and text line caller. You're on the air. Who's this?
3: Hey, uh, how you doing, Hunter? My name's Darren. I I talk with uh, DC every now and then. I uh, talk to Grant. Um, we've met a couple times, and yeah, uh, just to start off, yeah, just to start off with, man, um, one of these days this thing is going to end where we'll get back to raffles and uh, uh, yeah, you know, get together's and stuff and anniversary parties, so I, I'm really hoping for that. Everybody just, you know, got to follow the rules of the CDC. Wear, wear the damn masks, so um, then we can have, uh, actually go to the games and uh, have more fun that way, so um, just two thoughts on, wh- on what um, what Levering was talking about in the offense. Yeah. is One is that I think guys like, one guys like Braun, guys like, uh, especially Yelich, I think they thrive on the crowd. I think they thrive mm-hmm. on the live atmosphere. And that could be why their hitting is subpar. Um, you got these guys like uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna call them phenoms, but you guys got you know these folks like Sogard, um, you know, and they actually the defense puts a shift on for a guy like Eric Sogard. Yeah. And why is he not doing something like bunting down the third baseline to get on base? Mm-hmm. Um, there are no fundamentals with this team at all. And that's where I'm frustrated. Um, you, even in these uh, so-called overtime games or extra inning games where they put a guy on second, they can't get a fly ball out to the outfield. They can't put it to the right side or they can't bunt him over. Uh, they, they should have won at least four out of five games with the Cardinals mm-hmm. versus the three out of five. So, and the story leading up to that series is, you know, even when they got swept by the Pirates, that was embarrassing. No fundamentals there at all. So, um, anyway, uh, Hunter, you're doing a great job, man, and uh, I look forward to hearing you uh, on the radio again. Enjoy your podcast, too.
0: Thank you so much, Darren. Really appreciate the phone call. Have a great weekend, and enjoy the Brewers and Packers this weekend. All right, see you later. That's uh, Darren, of course. And, uh, yeah, I've definitely... Definitely heard him on with Grant and um, always brings some great insight to the show. And and you're right. I think not having the crowd really does. If you've watched Brewers baseball the last couple of years, you really notice how much energy this team brings on a night in, night out basis. And I think a lot of that was Lorenzo Cain. I think a lot of that was the crowd. And you've lost those two guys. And in some respects, and this thought just popped into my mind as I was saying that, it's like, Okay, can we just get to next year? Like Darren was saying, you know, someday we're gonna get back to you know having anniversary parties and raffles and stuff. Like, why am I? Why are we worrying about the offense so much this year? Well, because we're sports talk hosts and that's what we do, and we're and we're Brewers. You guys are and we're Brewers fans, and that's what we do, right? But if you think about it, like this is such a weird situation for them. There's no fans in an MLB ballpark. I mean, think about that. When you're growing up and you're playing sports, if there's a bigger crowd, there's a bigger atmosphere. You're more amped up to play, right? One of the reasons people play is for the fans. I think almost every player will say, what is one of the most important parts of why you wanted to play sports? Fans. Not necess- I think fans might be bigger than the money for some of the players, not all. But I'd argue that a fair amount might enjoy the fans, not enjoy the fans more than the the money. But but it, when they're younger, say well, you know what, play for the fans. I want this. One of the big reasons why I play sports is to play for the fans because it brings them so much joy, right? You always picture packed football stadium, packed baseball stadium, game seven, NBA finals, packed NBA arena. There's none of that this year. I think it has something to do with the Brewers. I think it has something to do with the Bucks. Now, can the Packers be the one Wisconsin team that it doesn't affect and actually it it, it, it helps them in a better way? That could be, and that's because of their quarterback, and that's because of the guy at the helm in Aaron Rodgers because that guy is so smart that he can adjust to anything and he can play in any scenario. Not everybody's built like that, and I think we're seeing it with the Brewers. I think we saw it with the Bucks in Orlando, and I think it's a very valid point by Darren in talking about the crowd, and I think Christian Yelich specifically, and Christian Yelich doesn't have Lorenzo Kane next to him in the outfield. Last couple years, the only times leading up to this season that Christian Yelich had been in the outfield, other than obviously there's off days and, and Ryan Braun comes in and plays and whatnot, but he's so used to, and every single game that he's played with the Milwaukee Brewers, he's played with Lorenzo Kane. Not on the field. I'm not saying that they both started every game together, but what I'm saying is every time he's walked into that Brewers clubhouse, Lorenzo Kane has been there. Sure, he's maybe missed games for injury. Both of them have, you know, they haven't always played together, but they've been in the same clubhouse. The offseason that Yelich was acquired, so was Lorenzo Cain. I want to say it was the same night, if I remember correctly. So every single time that these two have walked into that Brewers clubhouse, they've seen each other. That's got to be an adjustment on top of all the other protocols, on top of not being able to leave your hotel on the road, on top of being careful, and on top of all of this. So I think not having a crowd and this COVID-19 world, I think is having a big effect on the Brewers mentally. Now, Jeff Levering kind of disagreed with me. I don't have the clip in front of me right now, but I said, does this mental aspect hurt? Uh, you know, does this mental aspect you think are hurting the offense? And he said, I don't know about that. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure it's having an effect somehow, but he said, I'm not so sure about that. And I personally... I might disagree with that. I think the mental aspect, really, it hurt the Bucs, and I think it's hurting the Brewers as well. The Brewers start tonight against the Kansas City Royals, who are 21-29 and 29 as they come into this one tonight. They send uh, Duffy out on the mound, and they'll face uh, Adrian Hauser, who's 1-5 on the year. And as Grant and I were saying this morning on the morning show with Dave, um, you know, it, uh, this is maybe a make-or-break start for Adrian Hauser. If he doesn't start well here, does he get moved to the bullpen as we start heading towards uh, towards the postseason? We shall see. So, Brewers, like I said again, tonight, 6.35 pregame, 7.10 first pitch right here on your home for the Milwaukee Brewers. And again, we'll have Brewers baseball tonight and tomorrow night, and then the Brewers will be on WISM on Sunday because WKTY here will have the Packers and the Lions at noon. Actually, 10 a.m. pregame, noon kickoff. And then on Packers OT, you'll hear Greg Matzik and Greg Matzik hosts the uh, post-game show on the Packers radio network called Packers OT. You hear him after every game, and you're going to hear him next right here on WKTY. He's going to join me next right here on the Wisco Sports Show to talk Packers Lions. Greg Matzik from WTMJ and ESPN Milwaukee and the Packers radio network joining me next right here on the Wisco Sports Show. Joining me on the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY is Greg Matzik. You hear him after every Packers game here on WKTY. He is the post-game host for the Packers radio network on Packers OT. And he is also on the air at WTMJ and ESPN Milwaukee in Milwaukee. You can follow him on Twitter at G Greg, I really appreciate you squeezing me in on a Friday. How are you as we head into this weekend?
1: I'm doing great. Looking forward to it. Thursday night football was pretty good. Full slate on Sunday, it actually feels like fall. I like it.
0: It does, especially with the weather that we've had the last few days as well. It's been uh, you know lower, mid-60s and some wind. It it does feel like fall. Speaking of last week, we kind of had our our first full, well, we did have our first full taste of NFL football. Impressive win for the Packers in Minnesota in week one, especially on the offensive side of the ball. What impressed you the most last week in Minnesota that you think the Packers can carry into these next uh, few weeks as we get into this season?
1: Yeah, I think you have a good idea, Hunter, what the Packers really want to do on offense. And, and I know they want to run the ball, uh, which sounds crazy because of Aaron Rodgers' numbers and Devontae Adams' mm-hmm. numbers, but they were able to set up the pass with the run. And they're also disguising a lot of plays. And you can see the appeal of their third-round draft pick, Josiah Deguara. He was used all over the place, motioned from a tight end position into the backfield to a fullback position, running routes up the seam out of that fullback spot, so Without a traditional fullback, um, you know, in regular rotation, they're using tight ends, and DeGuara's got that that blend of speed and size and route-running ability that it it makes you understand why they coveted him with that third-round pick. I don't know if he's going to play on Sunday. He hasn't practiced all week, but uh, you can see his appeal uh, in what Matt LaFleur likes to do on offense.
0: Yeah, exactly. That was that was really impressive to me as well. And you you talk about the offense and obviously they do want to run the ball, but obviously one of the biggest parts of that big that week 1 victory over the Vikings was Aaron Rodgers. And we talked last year and and you know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers and and some of his struggles and what what he he was missing throws and missing open receivers and We just saw virtually none of that on Sunday, and that version of Rodgers reminded me of how he played, say, three, four years ago in the years leading up to that. What do you think contributed to such a strong performance in Week 1 from Rodgers?
1: Well, I think the protection was really strong, even though there was some shuffling on the offensive line. Uh, You saw Lane Taylor go out with an injury that's going to cost him the season. Lucas Packard left that game with an injury. So uh, you had to rely on John Runyon, another rookie to step in, and by all accounts, they did pretty well. Uh, The opportunities for Minnesota to get to Rodgers were minimal. It was not sacked at all during the game. There were minimal penalties for the Packers, so they never got into that situation where it was second and long or third and forever. It seemed like it was always manageable down a distance on third down, which opens up your playbook a little bit. And the Packers, who struggled on third downs a year ago, were 6 of 11 in week number one. So, you know, with, with no preseason, the lack of penalties, the lack of turnovers, the ability to protect Rodgers, that was all on display in week one. I thought it was a really good first step forward, considering the way this offseason played out.
0: Yeah, exactly. I thought so, too. And I'm wondering, how, do you think he can keep up this type of play all season? And what, what would it take for him to continue to do this? Because, like I said, we've seen it in years past, but it was kind of almost out of the blue compared to what we've been used to the last couple of years with Rodgers' play.
1: You know, I think there's so many factors that go into it. Number one is is the health of the surrounding cast, which right now is in pretty good shape. Number two, the health of Aaron Rodgers. He appears to be healthy and moving around pretty well. Uh, number three, the game plan. And, you know, you're going to see a Lions team on Sunday that plays primarily man coverage in the secondary. I'm sure a guy like Devontae Adams is eating up that opportunity. Lions also could be without their top cornerback, Desmond Trufant. So you know, the Bears hung 21 on Detroit in the fourth quarter in that come-from-behind win, 21 points in the fourth quarter against that Lions team on the road, as a matter of fact, so I think the opportunities to pass the ball will present themselves here in week number two, but you know what, later in the year against a team that is, you know, more stout against the pass, but gives up a lot on the ground, you might see Matt Lafleur alter his game plan a little bit. He showed a propensity to do that a year ago, and it led to that 13-3 and record, so I think there's a variety of factors that go into it, but the bottom line for me, Hunter, with Rodgers is that I think he sees the end of the line, right? You draft mm-hmm. a quarterback in the first round, and there's maybe a humbling nature to that whole deal. And Rodgers has had a relaxed attitude throughout the course of training camp. Uh, you even saw it. he just He's always looked cool as a cucumber, but he seems to be really having fun and trying to soak in what could be his final couple years in Green Bay. But I tell you what, if he keeps playing like he did on Sunday in, against the Vikings... You know Jordan Love's just going to have to wait, right? I mean, that's yeah. just too good to pass up.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that was super fun to watch him on Sunday. Greg Matzik joining me on the Wisco Sports Show. You can hear him after every Packers game here on WKTY on Packers OT. Greg, taking a look at the game coming up this weekend against the Lions. Lions obviously coming off a brutal loss going on the road. Uh, for the they're going on the road for the first time in this COVID nineteen world. You know, on the outset, it might seem like this could shape up to to be a blowout. If you take exactly, you know, how the Packers looked on offense against the Lions, just faltering down the stretch against the Bears. But the Lions have obviously played the Packers tough, you know, every single game these last few years. So, do you expect this to be kind of closer than maybe many many people are thinking?
1: Yeah, I, I see no reason to believe otherwise. And you know, recent history, division rival. I mean, all sorts of things go into the equation. Uh, the transit of property does not exist, I don't think, in professional sports. So what happened to the Lions last week, there's no guarantee it's going to happen again in week number two on the road. you got to remember, last year, the Lions led for every minute, all 120 minutes of regulation. The Packers scored game-winning field goals with no time on the clock and ultimately stole a couple of victories. But the Lions outplayed the Packers, by and large, in both opportunities last year, Matt LaFleur talked about it, called it a minor miracle that the team was able to win those two games. Pretty improbable. It's not often that you, you, you trail for 60 minutes, but win the game. That happened mm-hmm. to the Packers last year twice against the Lions. So uh, The Lions are, in some respect, the Lions. They, they find a way to lose more than they find a way to win, uh, but they always seem to play the Packers tough.
0: A familiar foe is on the Detroit Lions in Adrian Peterson, who, of course, spent many years in Minnesota. Packers fans and and media are very, you know, uh, you know, recognize him obviously from watching him all those years. You know what? Do, what? What do the Packers need to do in order to stop Adrian Peterson? Because you know he, he sure, he signed you know, what a couple of weeks ago and didn't have much time to prepare, but he looked actually pretty good against the Bears last week. So isn't this going to be something the Packers are going to have to plan for and, and be ready for AP?
1: Yeah, just look at the carries, look at the, the yardage, the production last week from Peterson. He's more of a, a first and second down kind of back. I think they'll try and go to DeAndre Swift a little bit more on third down and, and maybe even a series or so. on Johnson is still there in Detroit as well. So they have options at running back, and that's kind of an NFL thing right now. It seems like most teams have two or three options at the running back position to try and yeah, keep everybody fresh, provide a different look. Peterson isn't going to do as much out of the backfield as a receiver. I think that's more where Swift is going to shine. But you're going to see a lot of AP on first and second down. He probably even gets the first carry of the game for Detroit. He looked fresh, and you know he's going to run hard. He's going to come at you, right? I mean, he's defied mm-hmm. the odds here at the position. Um, and Aaron Rodgers talked about that uh, during his weekly press conference earlier in the week. But uh, you will see a steady diet of Adrian Peterson with a couple other guys mixing in. I think at some point, maybe toward the the middle portion of the season, maybe the rookie takes over. But for now, you've got an experienced and trusted running back who showed signs that he can still be productive at an advanced age
0: and one of the the, uh, the linemen that are that are usually in there trying to stop the run is Kenny Clark, and, of course, he was just ruled out today uh, for the Packers as they go and face Detroit this weekend. The loss is obviously big. In what ways does this loss of Kenny Clark for this weekend affect kind of the rest of the defense around Kenny Clark in that defensive line?
1: Well, it's the next man up, right? So Kingsley Kiki, the second-year player, uh, likely gets more opportunities on the field. And, you know, if I go back to that game against, the Vikings, it got a little out of hand in that second half, and it was less about Dalvin Cook and more about Kirk Cousins, but you know, the first couple of carries in the second half went right at where Kenny Clark would have been, and they went for pretty sizable gains. So uh, the Packers' run defense showed signs of struggling against the Vikings early on, and when the game got sideways, it was a little bit more about Kirk Cousins than it was Dalvin Cook, but you can't forget what happened to the Packers in the NFC Championship game. So yeah. all of the run defense issues have not been solved i don't believe i think you know the run defense last week was maybe a product of you know the offense doing their work and enforcing minnesota's hand a little bit but yeah i think without clark you 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 go to kiki and, and that's fine but he's more of a rotation player at this point versus a starter so yeah i this this is an area where the lions may look to try and control the clock Mm -hmm. and run where the Packers don't have one of their best defensive players.
0: Exactly, and we saw the Packers do such a good job of controlling the clock last week in Minnesota. And um, you know, both teams are going to look to control the clock, I think, this weekend, and maybe the team that does the most will win the game. Kind of on a separate note, off the field, how weird do you think this is going to be on Sunday to watch this game at Lambeau Field with no fans in the stands?
1: You know, I've talked the friends who have covered the team for decades. Yeah they are more excited about this game than a typical Lambeau field experience with the Mm. Packers and Lions, because it's something new. It's something different to write about and uh, a unique experience. And, you know, training camp practices are training camp practices. And they did a few at Lambeau with piped-in sound noise and different effects and whatnot. Uh, In fact, they actually turned down the sound noise a little bit today at practice because Matt LaFleur thought it was quieter than he expected at U.S. Mm. Bank Stadium in Week 1. So... Uh, It's going to be interesting. I I think from a a TV or radio listening standpoint, TV viewing standpoint, probably looks about the same, right? Mm -hmm. It looks like football, sounds like football. Uh, But I know to the players, it's, it's kind of spooky. It's totally different. And uh, for those covering the game, they'll get to experience that firsthand as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that'll be super different. Like you said, yeah, in TV, it's it's not super noticeable, other than you can't, don't hear the, the cheers when, when there's a play or something like that. But otherwise, it, it does look pretty much the same. But yeah, it, it definitely seemed different for the, for the players, and they've said that this week. Greg, I really appreciate the time um, on a Friday here, and enjoy the Packers-Lions this weekend. And we'll be listening here on WKTY after the game. Yeah, appreciate it, Hunter. Thanks. Anytime. Hunter in for Grant Bills on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM. Let's do some NFL picks, shall we? It's week two. We had one game last night that included the Browns beating the Bengals 35-30. to 30. So let's go to each one of them. I'm not going to pay attention to the spread. We're just going to pick them straight up. Let's have some fun, shall we? All right. The Giants visiting the Bears. Of course, the Giants, um, or sorry, the Bears uh, coming off that win, comeback win over the Detroit Lions. I think the Bears at home go to 2-0. and I really do. As much as I don't want to say that as a Packer fan, I really do think that they come out and they get the victory coming up on uh, on Sunday. So I think the Bears beat the Giants. The L.A. Rams are going to the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend. Did you know? Did you know? And I heard this from, our, from uh, one of the buddies of the show. I know Grant has him on a lot. Bart Winkler, who's a morning show host in Milwaukee, he said this morning at his show that for the first time since the uh, the merger, that every single team in week one that was on the road is now going to be at home this week. And every team that was at home in week one is now going to be on the road in week two. Isn't that crazy? I think it is. Anyway, first time that's happened since the merger. Anyway, here we go. So we've got Rams visiting the Eagles. Eagles coming off a stunning loss to the Washington uh, football team. You've got the Rams who had a nice win over the Cowboys. I think the Rams win this one. I do. I think they go all the way across the country to beat Philly. I don't like usually picking teams to to go all the way across the country and win. But I really think the Rams are a better team here. If the Eagles can lose to Washington, they can for sure lose to LA. Falcons visiting the Cowboys. Both of these teams had disappointing week ones. Both teams were at home. Both teams lost to the NFC West teams. Atlanta lost to Seattle. By a, a very good mark, I think about twenty. And the Cowboys, with Mike McCarthy, lost uh, to the LA Rams. I'm thinking for this one, I'm thinking Cowboys. I think uh, they are going to be, uh, or sorry, the Cowboys weren't at home last week. That is my bad. They they were on the they were on the road, so they're going to be at home this week. And I think they get their home victory. So I think the Cowboys uh, do win. I think they're having limited fans actually at that st- at that uh, game. So not surprised with Jerry Jones and the crew. So Cowboys, I think get the victory over the atlanta falcons the panthers visiting the buccaneers of course the buccaneers with tom brady had not a very great coming out party uh last week unfortunately um and so it, it was a matter of um the saints really getting, taking it to the buccaneers but the buccaneers are at home here against the panthers team that i don't think is going to be very good this year so if you were to give me who are you going to pick i would say the tampa bay buccaneers to beat the carolina panthers on sunday 49ers at the Jets, 49ers, it was announced today that they will not have uh, George Kittle for this game, their star tight end, so that's kind of a little bit of a of a shocker, if you will, and, and will affect that game, probably. Jamison Crowder, as well, A uh, I believe he's a wide receiver, if that is his name, Jamison Crowder, is that right, or is that the basketball player? I don't know, his name is Crowder, um, and he is on the jets and he is not playing i believe this weekend so if you need to know that for fantasy reasons there you have it but i think the 49ers get the win here even without george kittle i think they beat the jets Jets, from what i heard i didn't see the game but from what i heard just were awful last week against buffalo so that's what i think 49ers go to uh the jets and win there. broncos at the steelers steelers got a victory on a monday night football over the g-men giants and the steelers Coming in one zero, Broncos played the nightcap of the Monday Night Football doubleheader. I think the Steelers get the win at home and improve to two and zero. I think Ben Roethlisberger he could have one last little push in him, in him. And I think he's he's a good little bugger. I think he he could be good. So we're gonna. I think the Steelers take this one. Uh, over the Denver Broncos, Jaguars at the Tennessee Titans. Jaguars surprisingly 1-0. Minshew mania back in Jacksonville as Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars visit the Tennessee Titans. Titans I think aren't going to be bad this year. I think the Titans get a win here. I think they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think I think the Jaguars beat the Colts last year. I think those two are going to be battling for the basement of the AFC South. I think the uh, I think the Titans and the Texans, the two T's if you will, are going to be uh, battling for the top. And I think the Texans ultimately win that division. But it's, I think it'll be close. I think the Titans are going to be competitive. I don't think the Jaguars are going to be super competitive, though. I think this team could win maybe three games. Surprising that they're 1-0 because I think they're not going to win meta games. But that's that's how that goes. Lions at the Green Bay Packers, the one we've been talking about all night long. and. I'm going Packers, and I'm going Packers by a couple of touches. I I, I said 27-17 this morning on the morning show with Grant. Grant said 31-17, and so I think that's about right. I really do. And if you have a prediction for the Packers Lions, still taking them at 608-796-2558. That's 608-796-2558. And uh, feel free to do that. Uh, on the WKTY talking text line. And I'll read them and, and kind of compare notes there. But I do think the Packers win at 27-17. I'll do a score for that one. AFC East battle between the Bills and the Dolphins coming up at Sunday at noon. I think the Bills win. I think the Bills beat the Dolphins. Dolphins lost to the Patriots in Cam Newton last week. I think the Bills go to 2-0, and the Dolphins go to 0-2. Hey, another NFC North team, the Minnesota Vikings. They're at the Colts. You can hear this game on our sister station, KQ98, the country station, your home for Vikings football. And if you're a Vikings fan, be sure to hear that. And uh, they're visiting the Colts at noon on Sunday. Both of these teams coming off uh, disappointing losses in Week 1. I think the Vikings bounce back and get the, they get a victory here. I think they actually win by about 4, 5, 6, maybe even a touchdown uh, over the Indianapolis Colts. I think they're that much better than the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and so I think they come out and they, they get a victory and they bounce back. I think the defense plays a little better against not as good of an offense and Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts. And, of course, Marlon Mack out for the year uh, with a toward ACL for the Indianapolis Colts. So it's it's Jonathan Taylor time. It's Jonathan Taylor time. Jonathan Taylor, of course, the Badger running back who got drafted by the Colts this year in the NFL draft. He is going to be probably getting a lot more carries over there in Indianapolis. So that should be fun to look at. But I think the Vikings get the victory. Hey, the Washington NFL uh, football team. Uh, They are 1-0. They face the 1-0 Cardinals. I think the Cardinals take this one. Uh, I think Washington uh, kind of falls back to earth with a loss here in this uh, this week. Washington, uh, kind of like Jacksonville, a team that I didn't expect to win Week 1 and didn't expect to win really more than three, four games this season. But I guess if that, maybe Week 1 was one of them for, for both of those teams. But I think the Cardinals beat the Washington NFL football team. And, and, and the Cardinals, I keep saying NFL team, it's, I think it's Washington football team. The Cardinals are a team that would be 2-0, and in fact. And went over the San Francisco 49ers last week, so that would be impressive. All right, hey, the Ravens and the Texans play Sunday afternoon. This is a good one. I'm guessing this is the CBS, uh, you know, Jim Nance, uh, Tony Romo game, if if I had to guess. But the Ravens visiting the Texans. Texans, what about their start to the season? They face the Chiefs and the Ravens. I don't think you could get a harder week one and week two schedule. Oh, my. Top two teams in the AFC. I think in the AFC, I do think this. I think it's the Ravens and the Chiefs and everybody else. I don't think there's really anybody close right now. Um, but if you had to pick a winner excuse me, of that one, I think it's the Baltimore Ravens. I think they go to Houston, they get the victory, uh, and they go to 2-0. and And the Texans would fall to 0-2. Not how Deshaun Watson and the Texans want to start against two teams that they know they're going to have to beat in the postseason. So they're going to have some improving to do throughout the season Chiefs are visiting the Chargers I don't know if the Chiefs are going to lose this year I think they win and beat the Chargers and uh, they go to 2-0 on the season as they visit LA as the Chargers I think are going to play then in SoFi Stadium where the Rams played on Sunday night as uh, I think they're sharing that stadium if I am correct on that so I think the Chiefs go into that stadium and get a victory there uh, Sunday Night Football. Speaking of Sunday Night Football, that's the theme song I have in the back. It's Patriots-Seahawks this week. One of the best theme songs in sports, in my opinion. That Sunday Night Football theme song just gets gets you going. You can feel Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. and mm, I love it. Anyway, back to the NFL uh, pick here between the Patriots and the Seahawks. This should be a good one. Cam Newton and the Patriots. I know, it's still weird to say. Cam Newton and the Patriots visit Seattle where they aren't going to have fans. And this is an interesting one because I know the Mariners have had to move games, I believe, from Seattle because of smoke issues. And so I'm wondering what the effect is going to be for the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night. Now, uh, the smoke might be getting better. I'm not exactly sure. I know it got better here in Lacrosse. Um, if you're wondering why it was hazy the last couple of days, it indeed was smoke. Uh, in the area, but um, but from these fires, so thoughts and prayers to everyone and if you know someone who's who's in that right now, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers uh, with all of them, undoubtedly but Patriots and Seahawks, I think the Seahawks get this victory I think it's the first loss of the season for Bill Belichick and Cam Newton and their new uh, regime up there, in, up there in New England uh, near Boston, but I think Seattle gets the victory and I think they get a victory by about a touchdown on Sunday Night Football uh, while we listen to this theme song Great theme song. That's why I had to play it during these NFL picks. All right, last game of the week is Monday night, and the Las Vegas Raiders play their first game, and I believe it's Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And I'm sure Dave Carney will be talking about this one um, on Monday because it's Monday Night Football, and it's in Vegas, where Dave Carney, of course, lived for a long time before coming here. So I'm sure he'll have something to say about it coming up on Monday. But I'm going to pick the Saints. I think they go to Oakland. They go to 2-0 I don't think, you know, Drew Brady or Drew, Bra- Drew Brady. <laughs> Drew Brady and Tom Breeze. No, I think Drew Breeze looked uh, he looked a little older last week, but he he still has some has some uh, has some gumption in him. And I think he can do all right. So I think the Saints go to Las Vegas. I think that's actually a close game on Monday Night Football. I think it's a closer one, but I think the Saints get the victory. So those are my NFL picks for this week in the NFL. This week two in the NFL. You bet. Love that theme song. So, those are my picks. Like I said, I picked the Packers 27-17 on Sunday over the Detroit Lions. All right, we are going to take a quick break. Final break. Final segment coming up next. I'm going to preview everything going on on WKTY throughout the rest of the weekend. Tell you when things are, what they are, and uh, give you everything you need to know about this weekend coming up here on WKTY. So, I'm Hunter in for Grant. You can follow me on Twitter at on air. I'm in for Grant here tonight on the Wisco Sports Show on WKTY.